Today, we're going to talk about everybody on the Tigers 40-man roster who missed significant time in 2023, how that's going to affect their offseason and their outlook for 2024. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Be sure to check out the SiriusXM app. You can just search any team and get their radio broadcast straight to the SiriusXM app. It's a very cool app and a very cool feature. Hope everyone is going to have, is having, whatever time of day you're listening to this. Hope everyone enjoys their Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, safe and fun Tuesday night for everybody is my wish to you. Uh, we are, oh, also, the what is it, the sports, sports equinox? Is that what it's called on Monday? That's always cool. I think it's the only one in 2023. Am I making that up? Maybe there was one in like April or something. But uh, it's always one of the only times of the year where all four sports happen on the same day, which is super cool. So I'm recording this on Monday afternoons so that I can watch. Obviously, I'm going to watch the Red Wings and do a show with Brian after over at Locked On Wings. Uh, and then I want to watch the World Series and the Detroit Lions, obviously, as well. So a jam-packed evening for uh, the city of Detroit and for sports fans around the world. Uh, we are going to talk about players who miss significant time and, and really – the way I picked who we're talking about is pretty much just if you ended the season on the IL, then you're being talked about. The only person that we're not going to discuss is Tyler Alexander. And that's because we already talked about Tyler Alexander, because even though he missed the entire second half of the season, he did pitch in the entire first half. And we already did our deep dive on him in his season. He pitched enough where we were able to still do a deep dive on him. Everybody else here uh, is either not a very long discussion based on like what their future of the team holds, or they legitimately didn't get very much playing time, if at all, for some of these guys in 2023. So that is going to be the show. We, we did something like this the last two off seasons, really. We've done uh, something similar where we've kind of talked about all the people that ended the season injured and if they're going to stay on the team and whatnot. So uh, let's get right into it. I don't really have anything else. Oh, well, we're going to start with the news and notes, actually. A really small one uh, reported by Evan Petzold of the Detroit Free Press, who is an absolute superhero. Uh, he says that the Tigers have hired Colin Murray as the minor league pitching coach. Uh, he spent the past two seasons as a development coach with the Baltimore Orioles. Colin Murray also uh, put out a tweet, uh, a post, whatever it's called now, on the app formerly known as Twitter. Uh, confirming it, obviously. So uh, that'll be cool. Someone added to the pitching development side of things that the Tigers have already taken pretty significant strides in over the last two or three seasons. So adding another uh, piece to that puzzle is very welcome. And I'm sure that uh, the people that, that have been a part of the reason why the Tigers have taken strides in that department are not just going to bring on anybody. So uh, that's cool. And and this is something we're going to see throughout the rest of the winter. Like I, I really believe that 
Uh, Scott Harris is here, and he's just going to keep slow. The turnover is going to keep happening, right? It's only been here a year. Like, really. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it was August of 2022, I guess. But, like, he's really been here a year. And so uh, now as we head into year two, we I think we're going to continue seeing, you know, maybe if it's not like the big, like, oh, our manager's changing or, you know, like uh, a big time position like that. A lot of those, I don't want to call them smaller, but a lot of the the less the less publicized positions and uh, the less famous positions out there, I think you're going to continue seeing Harris and and Co bring in their people. So uh, we'll see what direction that takes the organization when it's all said and done. But uh, another person added to the development side of things for the Detroit Tigers. Let's talk about some players. So we're going to talk about Casey Mize, Austin Meadows, Matthew Boyd, Freddie Pacheco, and of course, Miguel Cabrera, who did obviously not end the season on the IL, uh, but is also very obviously not returning next season. So we're going to talk about, I guess he doesn't really fit the bill of like miss significant time. He didn't miss any time, but I'm just throwing him in here because he did play for the Tigers in 2023 and he won't be back in 2024, but uh, always, always Nice to talk about the big fellow when we can. Uh, let's start with Casey Mize because I think he's probably the longest conversation here. I don't think any of these are super long, which is why we're doing one, two, three, four, five players in one episode. But, uh, you know, when it comes to Mize, I'm very, very, very excited for next season. That's really my biggest point is I'm super pumped for 2024 Casey Mize. Super pumped. He obviously did not throw a single inning in 2023 for the Tigers. And in 2022, he threw, what, 10 innings? Yes, he threw exactly 10 innings, uh, appeared in two games, had a 5-4 ERA and a one and a half whip for whatever that is worth to you uh, in just two starts to start off the season in 2022 before Obviously, then, uh, oh, it's it, the way that that was handled, I guess, is is kind of frustrating. I mean, if we want to start back then, um, they remember how they didn't put him under the knife like he he didn't have surgery for like a while. They were like, oh, we're just going to see. And then he like tried to throw again in a few weeks after. And then eventually they're like, oh, we're just going to have to pull the plug here and have. It. Oh, that's great. Well, we just wasted like three months where we could have done this uh, and maybe gotten him back at the end of 2023 but regardless uh, of what happened in the past we're here now and I'm very excited about next year and I think the reason why I'm so excited about 2024 is just because of all this is the biggest hood ever dude whoever's watching on YouTube this hood is so thick it, like I might as well just wear it it's basically halfway up my head um the reason why I'm excited for Mize in 2024 is because of all the reports we've been getting about his simulated games he's pitched, his bullpen sessions, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody, whether it's players on the team, whether it's Hinch and Fetter, whether it's other coaches, whether it's beat writers, right? Everybody who has watched Casey Mize pitch in bullpen sessions in the second half of 2023 has made it abundantly clear that like his stuff is better and the interesting thing about his injury initially was that he did not have like the traditional quote-unquote you know he he threw one pitch and the, the the tendon snapped or or it tore and it was just all over and he needed Tommy John and that's why 
there was no immediate just like put him under the knife right now to the Tigers, not credit, but uh, in their defense, rather. It was because he, it was just slowly over time, his UCL lost its elasticity and it just got looser and looser until he was throw. you know, he was a one, one pick and he wasn't like a velocity guy. Um, but I, I mean, he, we were expecting mid nineties, 94, 95. And, and toward the end there, it was kind of like 92, 93. And so I think that's kind of the reason why I'm so excited for 2024 is because we have been told by so many people that like the stuff is here now and the fastball velocity has been really, really talked about a lot. Uh, the off speed, the secondary stuff is being talked about a lot. I, I want to have a conversation about the splitter because that's a very fascinating conversation and we will do that right after. I tell y'all about our friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the best in the business, and you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Probably talking about either Torkelson or Badu. Uh, we've been saving those two kind of for the end of this discussion because I think uh, everybody wants to talk about Torkelson's 2023 and everybody wants to talk about, about Badu's 2024, right? So uh, those are, are kind of the two we were saving for the end. We'll definitely do at least one of them tomorrow uh, unless some like big breaking news comes out of Tiger's camp. Um, so talking about Mize, you know, the, the splitter is a fascinating conversation with him because when he was at Auburn, obviously that was one of the biggest reasons as to why he was so good and why he was the number one overall pick and et cetera, et cetera. And he was throwing it when he first got called up in 2020. And then in 2021, he like didn't throw it for a few months. And then like he threw it again. And then like he didn't really throw it in uh, in the, the beginning of 2022. And it's just like been this weird thing about like, okay, the pitch that one of, I should say, the pitches that made him so great, like the most advertised pitch he had in college that made him the number one overall pick, we just like haven't seen too much of, at least consistently. And then obviously the arm injury happens and people are like, oh, well, he threw the splitter too much. And that's where, you know, everybody talks about splitters and arm injuries. Like that's one and one and you can't have him throw it. And it's, it's, it's really, really fascinating to me. And I don't have an answer. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how much how much validity there is in that statement. Um, but I am. And when we're talking about these bullpen sessions, there hasn't been a ton of talk of like, oh, well, the splitter looks great. Like, it's usually just like command and like, oh, the secondary looks good. Like, no one's like, hey, the splitter, like this, the splitter is back. It's here. It looks awesome. Like, I think somebody had said that they he threw it a couple of times maybe, but it hasn't been as talked about as much. And obviously he's not pitching, so that kind of makes sense. But 
it's uh, it's something that I have circled in my my checklist of things to look for in Casey Mize's performance in 2024. One of the very very high on that list is how effective or usage wise is the splitter going to be. Um, as far as the type of pitcher he is, I'm also this is the biggest reason I'm excited for his 2024 is if the stuff truly has taken a step forward and the fastball is a little bit faster and the secondary stuff is a little bit sharper, then we should get more swings and misses. This is a guy who in 2021, when he made 30 starts and threw 150 innings for the Detroit Tigers, had a 3.71 ERA and a 1.14 whip. He didn't walk people. And he induced a lot of ground balls and he induced a decent amount of weak contact. He wasn't hit super hard. The problem is he missed very little bats. He, that, that was like his thing. And that's why everybody was kind of confused. We were like, okay, like maybe the next step in his development is, is swing and miss stuff. And that's just like how his development track is. Like we're going to start off with you know, like the, 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 oh, we just get weak contact and you have a sub four ERA with just doing that in 30 starts. And then the next step will be weak contact. But then now, obviously we know that the stuff just wasn't as good as, as I don't think Mize wanted it to be or thought it should have been. And he had that back surgery as well. It wasn't just arm surgery. It wasn't just Tommy John. He also fixed a back problem that had been uh, apparently a detriment to him for years. So Hopefully, we can get fully healthy Casey Mize, the best stuff he's had since college. We can get those swing and miss numbers back up. We can get those strikeout numbers back up. We can keep that ground ball rate at a pretty high rate. It was 48.5% in 2021. Uh, we continue not walking people. I guess I'm like asking for him to just be like great at everything, but he was even with like subpar quote unquote stuff when compared to what we were expecting and what he was giving us in college and what we hope to see in 2024. He was doing some of these things. He was still, again, I guess I'm just repeating myself now, but he wasn't inducing hard contact, he wasn't allowing walks, and he was getting ground balls. So that is my biggest hope for him, is that the stuff is electric, and obviously just staying healthy is important, but this is a number one overall pick that was an absolute dog at Auburn and for a reason, and threw a no-hitter in double-A for the Tigers. And I, I'm just, I'm really, really excited about what he can bring, assuming all of this stuff is true. Now, if it's not true, then he's going to look pretty similar, and that's just probably going to be the pitcher he is. But uh, he only has eight, 188 and two-thirds innings at the major league level in his career. He hasn't even thrown 200 innings yet at the major league level. So I'm excited for him to get back out there, hopefully with full health, and hopefully with stuff that measures up to his standards more importantly than yours or my standards. And that's, I think what I'm most excited about for him, but uh, you know, just as far as like role on the team next year, and then we'll move on to, to a couple more names here. Um, I, I think you have to put him in the rotation in 2024. My only thing is coming off of such a, so much time off. It will almost have been two seasons since he started a game. And so with that, along with the like obvious just coming off of Tommy John and this back surgery and just like coming off of a major injury, 
Uh, I don't think we can just pencil Casey Mize in for like 180 plus innings. Um, so when building this rotation, and we'll talk about this a lot more over the offseason when free agency and, and winter meetings and stuff is here after the World Series ends and we're fully actually in the offseason. Um, but but we need innings. And I don't think we can just go into this season and blindly just assume that Mize is going to be perfectly healthy all year and give us 30 starts of six innings every start or whatnot, right? Like I we I don't think we can just pen him in for for over 150 innings, to be honest with you. So uh, we'll need innings. We'll need to go out and add to this rotation um, as not a fallback option, but just so that we have innings. Uh, but I am super, super excited for 2024 Casey Mize. Okay, let's talk about Austin Meadows. I don't have too much else to say about Austin Meadows. Um, this is, we, we last talked about Meadows... When? When we did our arbitration projections episode three or four weeks ago. And, you know, I get asked all the time, all the time about like, have I heard anything on Meadows? What's the situation? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Scott Harris said in his presser at the end of the season that he hadn't talked to Meadows in months, plural. I don't view not having talked to him in months as like a working relationship where you're, you've decided that he's going to come back next year. Uh, I, I see one of two paths uh, and neither of them are him just going to arbitration and being on the 40 man throughout the winter and into next spring. The two I see are one, this is just over and he's just not a part of the organization. He's non-tendered and that's that. The other is that he is non-tendered still, but no other team is willing to uh, sign him to a spot on their 40-man roster either. So after they non-tender him, they give him a minor league deal with an invite to spring training. Maybe he starts off the season in Toledo, and he can try and work his way back onto the major league roster. Um, I know it's not a Harris move, but for the magnitude of the trade at the time, I find it hard to believe that they are just going to be like, you know what, this isn't working. We're giving up on it completely. Um, but at the same time, that option is much more likely to me than him just getting going to arbitration and getting tendered and coming back next year like like nothing's been going on the last couple of years. So those that's kind of what I'm expecting. That's where my head is at. Uh, now obviously it's possible for him to get tendered, uh, and, and Sally arbitration is not the most expensive thing in the world. So they absolutely could go and, and still bring him back. And, and, you know, if he's had conversations with the team and both parties are comfortable with, uh, doing that and with him coming back next season and giving it another shot, I, I guess, you know, who, who are we, who am I at least to, uh, to say, that that like I'm not in those conversations, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm not a fly on the wall. I don't know what conversations they've been happening, I guess, is is, is my point. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I again, like having not talked to him in months, I, I, I can't imagine that they're just going to go business as usual and just bring him back on arbitration. So um, that's kind of where my head is at. Obviously, continuing to wish him nothing but the best. Obviously, I'm a very big mental health uh, advocate uh, based on how I end my show every day and whatnot. So uh, wishing him the best uh, with, with whatever he is dealing with and hopefully he can get on a baseball field again uh, because when he was, 
He was a very good player, and I'm sure that he loves doing it, most importantly. So uh, I'm hoping that he can do what makes him happy again here soon. Um, okay, let's get to Matthew Boyd, Freddie Pacheco, and then we'll end with Miguel Cabrera. We'll do that once I find my cool video. Oh, no, I lost it. Oh, there it is, right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in. As always, um, let's talk Matthew Boyd. Uh, Matthew Boyd this season pitched. How many innings did he get in? 71 innings pitched. Uh, 5-4-5 ERA in those 15 starts. 73 strikeouts in 71 innings with a 1-3-2 ERA. Um, you know, Matthew Boyd this season was no different than the first five years of Matthew Boyd's uh, Detroit Tigers career, which is not to say that it was awful. He, he was an opening day starter for this team at one point. He was in the first half of 2019, legitimately one of the better lefty starters in the game of baseball, uh, which is why we should have traded him then. But we didn't have someone in charge who took advantage of that. I'll say, uh, will be my wording there to put it nicely. Um, but regardless, that was what, four years ago. So we're, we're here now and this is a new regime that brought Matthew Boyd back in. So, uh, not, not nothing to do with, uh, not trading him back in 2019, but yeah, he was, uh, he, he was pretty much the same pitcher, which again, is not bad. Like Matthew Boyd's not an awful pitcher. Um, you know, middle of the lot, middle of the rotation rather, at best, uh, probably like a number four on a really good team. And, and that's a career, baby. That's certainly better than I'll ever be on a mound. So uh, mad respect. And it's really unfortunate that he got hurt. Very, very unfortunate. Wishing him a speedy recovery so that he can hopefully come back. Like that's that was my biggest fear when he got hurt. Like he's 32 right now. Next year will be his age 33 season. I imagine he's not going to pitch next season which means that we're talking 2025 when he's 34 years old as like the soonest possible return. And I just, I hope this isn't the end because Matthew Boyd is a good pitcher and a phenomenal human being. And I just, uh, my heart broke as I'm sure it did for a lot of us when he got injured and, uh, and had to undergo, it was TJ, right? I believe it was TJ. So um, that, that was a tough, just like he knew right away everybody in, in the park knew right away what it was really unfortunate so um as far as what he did on the field uh again like he he got swings and misses uh he got people to chase he got his strikeouts um but he also gave up his home runs which has been a thing ever since he was a rookie and really never went away and it's just something that comes with the territory of being a lefty that throws a lot of like big loopy sliders. And that's not a negative connotation, big loopy slider. It gets a whole heck of a lot of swings and misses. Um, it, it's just, it also, he also gives up a ton of hard contact with it. So uh, that, that just is the profile of, of Matthew Boyd. As far as what he's going to do in 2024, I can't imagine the Tigers bring him back uh, in 2024 uh, again, just given like the injury where it stands now, plus the age, I there you you can't have you don't have an injured list in the off season, uh, and and so they it just makes zero sense uh, whether you know they maybe want to take a look at him in twenty twenty five or whatever. Uh, you're not going to burn a forty man roster spot for somebody who's not going to pitch 
in in uh, in 2024. That makes that makes no sense, especially if it's somebody who uh, is an is a maybe at the other end of that as well. So wishing him nothing but the best. I hope so so badly that this is not the last time we have seen Matthew Boyd on a major league mound. Uh, so wishing him the best and a speedy recovery as always. Um, okay, Freddie Pacheco, and then we'll end with Miguel Cabrera. Freddie Pacheco was somebody who the Tigers claimed off waivers, I believe, from the Cardinals back last offseason and did not get any playing time. Uh, he came into the year, and there were some questions about the health of his elbow, and then he's starting off the season on the injured list, and it was kind of like, oh, we'll wait and see. And then he had Tommy John in June and obviously spent the rest of the season there. Um, in a similar vein to Matthew Boyd, I find it hard to believe that the Tigers are going to burn a 40-man roster spot on somebody who is probably not going to pitch in 2024, which given the the timing of the, the Tommy John surgery for Pacheco, looks very likely. Uh you you know you're maybe like September of 20, but like even at that point probably not uh it it's it's far fetched i will say there there is a a higher chance just to no fault of either parties here between Boyd and Pacheco uh, there's a little bit of a higher chance that they hold on to to Freddie just because um age and team control and etc Whereas Boyd is obviously was signed to a one-year deal. He was going to be a free agent anyways, which is, uh, you know, again, obviously he's not going to be back next year. Um, Pacheco has potential, dog. And that's like the the kind of sad part of this whole thing. Like he was a decently highly regarded prospect for the Cardinals at one point. Um, really like put his name on the map with strikeout numbers in the minor league level. Has a really lively fastball with a really good slider, like a really lively fastball. Uh, a couple of scouting websites put it at plus plus. Like he has nasty stuff and we just didn't see it at all. He was just on the injured list for the entire year from pretty much when we claimed him until now <laughs> he, he's been on the injured list. So I don't really have too much else to add there. I mean, as far as 2024, again, I, I find it hard to believe they're going to, they're going to use a 40 man spot on somebody who's not going to pitch in 2024 throughout the winter, but uh, crazier things have happened. I think the more likely scenario is he's put on uh, waivers. He's waived. He's removed from the 40 man. And then if nobody else claims him, then the Tigers will maybe sign him to a minor league deal if they really want to like be first in line for when he does come back again. But we'll see. We'll see. I, uh, I, I, it's unfortunate because I really wanted to see Freddie Pacheco pitch. There, there's an episode somewhere in like March where I'm openly like, man, I'm really excited about this guy. I hope he gets healthy. I hope we can see him. I think he's going to be in the major league pen at some point and just injured all year. So really unfortunate. Hopefully he can get back on the mound as well. Uh, and then we'll end with Miguel Cabrera. You know, the, the only thing I really want to say about his 2023, obviously the ending, we've already done our episode a few weeks ago, just about like, uh, you know, like the, the ode to Miguel Cabrera and the final goodbye and, and, and the stuff at the end of the season and the off the field stuff. And we've already talked about all that. So we're going to stay strictly on the field here. Um, I'm really, really happy that it was not a complete bleep show right like the first what month and a half of the season he had an OPS in like the 400s or the 500s 
it was really bad. And we were like, oh my goodness, he might not even make it through the year. Right. There were some people in the comments to this show. There were people and it's not like I'm not calling anybody out. Like there were hundreds, thousands of people that all thought the same thing. I thought it at one point. We were all like, oh, my goodness, this dude might like not make it through the year. Like both parties might just look at each other and be like, look, man, we'll give you your money. But like the, the, we can't we can't have you going out there these last couple of months like you, you're you know, it is what it is. Um, and to his credit. From the end of May to the end of the year, obviously the power was completely gone this season and has been completely gone for the last few seasons, but he was putting the ball in play. He was still hitting for a a respectable batting average, given the age and the injury history and where he's at now. Um, um, Obviously, it was not a $30 million AAV type of performance, but it was the last year of his deal and he hasn't been that in a while. So if you're still mad about that, like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I, I just, I was very, very pleased with how he was able to turn around mid season, make mid season adjustments and not just like cash in and be like, Oh, I'm just going to take my check and whatever. Like he, he made in season adjustments. He, he moved his hands a little bit. He changed his mechanics a little bit at 40, right. In the last year of his, uh, of his career with a non-playoff team, he was still up there making adjustments and trying to, to, to help the team win. So I, I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. As far as his 2024, obviously it will not be on the field, but uh, he will be in a, uh, what is it? A, an assistant to the general manager along with uh, Alan Trammell and Jim Leland, I believe, and some other players of that regard. The, the Tigers just have a, and most, a lot of teams do this, but it's, it's kind of cool to just have like all of these Tigers legends after they finish their career, become, you know, like part of the front office. So, uh, Miguel Cabrera, he also said, I'll see you at spring training. Uh, so we will, uh, the big fella's not not going away from the team. He will be a part of the Detroit Tigers, presumably for the foreseeable future, which is kind of nice. So I think that's it. World Series, pretty pumped. Do you remember when the Tigers were in the World Series? Maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about either Badu or Torkelson or both, but at least one of them. And then maybe we'll talk about like the last time the Tigers were in the World Series just for old time's sake. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.